When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 116. The show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please give us a follow on social media and uh, subscribe to that YouTube channel. Click the bell for notifications so you get a little, uh, little text every time we upload or we go live. Got loads of good shows and good guests and all sorts of things coming up. And, of course, you can get the audio versions of the usual uh, podcast and radio platforms. And uh, if you want to keep it just football, then follow at AC Footy Show on uh, social media. And that'll keep it keep it purely football and the beautiful game. And uh, just as we wait for a couple of those platforms to fill up, we've uh, got a couple of thank yous to make, of course big thank you to Black Diamond Sport for all their support around the show. Black Diamond Sport is a global sports agency which represents sports stars from around the world. For more information you can visit their social media pages and of course their website, the links to which are all in the description below and the closing credits at the end of the end of the show. But um, today's sponsor, as usual, I'm very happy to say, is Bespoke Financial. And uh, Dan Ralston of Bespoke Financial, of course, is giving away a free will at the moment worth £140 with any new policy which is taken out. So please check him out. Give him a call. Don't miss out on what is an incredible offer. Uh, he's looked after Andy, as we know, for many years with various policies. They are truly top of their field. They provide award-winning service. And uh, we are very proud to partner with such a top-class brand. And uh, we will have a little ad from them a bit later on in the show. But... Uh, with no further ado, first of all is the goal collector, the co-host with the most, the fox in the box, the QPR dream killer, the speed demon, the goal machine, so many different nicknames, but the best one being David Jones' favourite son. It is ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, Mr Andy Campbell. Welcome, my friend. Good evening, mate. Yeah, uh, another Monday, another superb guest. Really excited for this. This is... Um, finally, we've got um, somebody who, who, who really deserves um, this Cardiff City tag of, uh, of legend. Because, and, and, and I'll explain this a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into it before we explain it, I'll guess. Because people are on about 2003 season, which, which got Cardiff City to where they are now. It goes far way back than that. You know what I mean? There's a reason why Cardiff City are where they are right this minute and right, right where they are today and in the Premier League for previous seasons. You know what I mean? It's because of um, generations gone by. And I think too many people have... 
have gone on about um, the 2003 season. You know, yes, it was an important season. Of course, it was important games, important heritage, players, etc. But it goes further back than that. You know what I mean? I can I talk about my club at Middlesbrough. You know what I mean? And you can go back to years and years and years gone by. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited to um, to dig deep because some of the feedback we've had over social media in the last 24 hours has been outstanding. And some of the uh, comments has been amazing. Really excited for it. Yeah, people are really excited about it. And uh, let's bring the guest in straight away. I'm very excited to welcome tonight's guest. He's played for Kettering Town, Barry Town, Merthyr Tidville, and of course is a legend, as mentioned, at the mighty Cardiff City. It is none other than Mr. Cohen Griffith. Welcome, Cohen. How are you, mate? I'm all right, thanks, Si. Thanks, uh, Andy, for having me on your show as well. Yeah, you know, I'm really excited, mate. It's, uh, it's a privilege to have you on. It's, uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's great to have um, uh, people who... Uh, we've both had an opportunity to uh, to grow up watching, you know, that um, Ninian Park, Ayrson Park, when I grew up watching Middlesbrough and, and all the old stadiums and things. They've just It just loses that kind of atmosphere for me, the enjoyment. You know, you watch games. I know it's different at the minute. You watch games on TV with zero atmosphere, but sometimes in stadiums, they're, they're not as good as they used to be. And obviously, we'll we'll go into, obviously, the famous Ninian Park later on, but uh, it's just it's brilliant to, to have that insight of someone who's been there and wore the T-shirt on a quite a number of games, by the way, because you've had a, you've had an unbelievable career. Yeah, what we need to do is think how many good games. It's not how many you played, how many times you played. <laughs> 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 I've, listen, I've got I've got I've got I've got two hands, so I don't need that many for mine. I can probably use one hand, so it's, it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't matter. It's about uh, position-wise. It was about goals or important goals, and I only need one finger for that sometimes. It's, uh, it's <laughs> It's uh, it's sometimes being in the right place at the right time. But people don't forget, though, Colin. That's one thing that I'll, I'll say about Cardiff City fans. Um, uh, you know what I mean? That everyone told me before they did sign how passionate they were and, and um, how crazy they were. And, um, and I think crazy is a, um, a, a word which is pandered about quite negatively. But when I mean crazy, I mean that I left the club 16 years ago and I'm probably more famous now than I was when I played for Cardiff City, which is just ridiculous. You know, you, you, I'm more well thought of now than I was back then. And that's that's credit to people. It's not credit to me because, yes, I give things back and I, and I give my time and stuff. But I only give that back because of how, how good the people are and, and, and worse since day one, really. Yeah, you're right. You know, the fans, the fans are, you don't realise how much a club means to, to the fans. Uh, and then, you know, I, I'd heard about Cardiff fans and all this sort of stuff. And then I decided when I was moving down into the area to not try to be right in the middle, just in case I was having a bad time. You know, you want to try and look at the worst case scenario. And I thought, I'm not going to be near the ground. I'm going to be well away from it, just in case I'm having a bad time. I don't want any bricks going through my windows and stuff like that. So I moved right into the, into the valleys, right into the middle of all of the Cardiff fans. And, you know, fortunately, you know, I had a decent time there. But the, the fans were, you know, really, really passionate. And you know, people used to tell me, uh, you know, when they're doing well, there won't be any games on a Saturday. They'll, everything will stop. So they go down to the, um, to the football. And, you know, I couldn't see that. And then it wasn't until we started to do pretty well that, yeah, everything stopped. It was unbelievable. Which is, which is, which is great, Sadler, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because... I think, and we, we spoke about this, and we reputation um, is it's it's not it's not fair. You know, what I mean, people give it a big give a, a negative reputation. You know, what I mean, and some people like it because some people thrive on it. But you know, what I mean, I, I I met some I've met some lovely people from Cardiff who who love going to watch football, who've not got a bad reputation, like Sai, like some other really good friends of um, of mine. And you know what? It's, it's 
it's, it doesn't need that negativity sometimes. It's 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 all about um, being passionate. It's all about enjoying and everyone to their own. Sometimes you know it's 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 just fantastic. Some great comments, by the way, and some new people coming in the show, which is great. So fantastic. Yeah, always good, mate. Always good. Mm. I um I. I'm going to apologise up front because I don't think I've got any chance of keeping <laughs> keeping on top of all these comments today, but I will do my best. Um, so, Colin, what we're going to do to start us off, mate, is uh, we're going to have uh, what we call the Magnificent Seven, which is just seven quick-fire questions so people can get a feel for your, for your tastes and, and just learn a little bit about you and stuff, ease us in nicely to the show. Uh, so let's go with that now. Okay, Cohen Griffith, the Magnificent Seven. Always nice and easy to start. Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, Messi, for me. Favourite TV show? Um, Got to be Match of the Day, I think. I like that. Do you know what? We, do you know what? we have time we've we've never had, had it. Never had it. Never really? had it. No, no. No, never had it. We've right? had some. We've had um, some. We've had a variation, by the way. Some, uh, some good. Some not so good. I like that one. I like that one. I've not thought good. about that one. This, this man, no, the football show, and you know, and ever said match of the day. I'm normally asleep. I have to watch it in the morning. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that's, not, that's not a bad shout. Yeah. Like. Um, <laughs> next one is Barry or Cardiff. Cardiff, I think. Uh, the angriest player you ever played with, with an example, if possible. Angriest player? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, played with Lee Barnard, maybe. Lee mm-hmm. Barnard, he was, uh, he, he, I think he was angry because it needed us to be angry. Because yeah. uh, you know, he came from Swindon when he signed us. And Mark Jones, who also came from Swindon, said the difference between Lee at Swindon and Lee at Cardiff was just completely different. And so I spoke to Lee about it, and he said that's what dressing room needed. So he became what it what it need what we needed. Excellent. It's so not a bad thing, though. It's no. not a bad thing, though, is it? You know what I mean? Because people can be people can be so many different things that they want to be. You know what I mean? Going over that white line, so to speak, that you can be as angry as you want in moderation. You know what I mean? Not not let your team down and your and yourself down. But it's you can be so different on the pitch and off the pitch. It's 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 scary. And some people are the, the, the chalk and cheese. And I really like that. I think it makes I think it makes football a little bit like a pantomime. And I think it uh, it makes it interesting for people and supporters to not really know the proper you. Mm-hmm. Ahmed. And then uh, next up, uh, the most upset or angry that you've ever been on a football pitch? Uh, most upset has got to be when we got relegated, uh, when we lost at Bury. Um, I think that was probably 1990, my first season. Because mm-hmm. um, so, I thought we were going to get out of it. Not necessarily on that day, uh, even though we had chances, but... Um, I always remember just coming up to Christmas. We were, we were just coming out of out of it, and then the game was called off. We were on a bit of a run. The game was called off. Everybody else played, and it shouldn't have been called off either. Everybody else played, and then we were back in it, and we never ever got out. So, uh, most upset, definitely Barry. Uh, uh, Barry, sorry. I don't think though. Sometimes I'll say that the, the, the fans don't probably think that players care that much. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think. Um, 
I think because they go home and um, and people don't see how much it hurts. You know what I mean? I, I in my time at Cardiff, you know what I mean. Obviously, we lost out in the playoff semi final, which was a, which was a big thing. I've been relegated in my life. I've missed out on promotion. I, I've been beaten in cup finals. It's not. It's it's listen, it, and and it's individual. I'm not saying everyone's got to go home and cry, and everyone's got to go home mm. and and spend weeks and weeks and weeks and not to, not talk to anybody. But you know what I mean. You you've got to care, and you've got to show you care somehow. And it's how you how you can relate that to to supporters. You know what I mean. I'm not saying going on social media now, which obviously wasn't around when I played and Colin played and and things, and say I'm gutted for the fans because I, I don't want to read that as a supporter. You know what I mean. I want yeah. someone to show me that they care, and I mean the next game. If that's six weeks down the line next season. Then show me, but show me in the right way. Don't just show me by putting some on social media or stuff. It's not for me that. They yeah, hundred percent. In the way that you play. Yeah. yeah. You know, 100%. and that's what I think a lot of fans, uh, when they see the players as they see it, as not trying, then that's that's where a lot of the criticism might come in. And the the players probably are trying. It's just that they try in a different way. For me, you know, I used to run all over the place because that's probably what I was good at. Um, and the fans could see that you that you're trying. You know, you might not be playing your best, but you're giving it your best shot, and that's all all that anybody wants, really. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. So, Andy, I think I told you this story before, but I can't remember if it was on a podcast. So I'll tell you now again, very quickly. Um, Willie Boland told me that when he was at Cardiff, he struggled in his first season, and um, particularly if he'd had a bad game, he felt like he couldn't go out in the night, mm. like for a meal with his partner or or whatever or go for go meet some friends because he felt like people would look at it you know and sort of say well he's not doing it on the pitch but he's all right to go out do you know what I mean and I think that's another way of people caring but people don't see that do they they don't know that just you know some players Mm. are staying in because it's affected them that much but but it happens the other way as well you know that I remember and I'm going back my time at Cardiff that it was 2004 my daughter had just been born she was born on the Saturday and it was the following Saturday so we played Leeds United at home massive game I uh, I was very fortunate to miss a penalty <laughs> you know what I mean couldn't have been any worse timing and and all the lads had, had, had secretly ordered a, 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 arranged a, a meal which we all went out and um, I just missed a penalty didn't really want to go out show me face and, and but you put yourself in that environment and people people aren't quite nice to you because you think you're out there enjoying yourself. It was my worst night out I've ever had in my life because I didn't want to be there and but I only went out there because because people wanted me there, you know what I mean? I, I made a sharp exit straight after it. It was it was just uncomfortable but like you're both saying, you know what I mean? It, it's 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 not nice, you know what I mean? I've done it in Middlesbrough. I think we got beat seven one by Arsenal once and um and I planned a big night out with, with a few friends and just said, Listen, I'm not I'm not going anywhere, you know, I'm a local lad, I'm I'm sitting in the house, if you want to come round, come round, we'll watch T V, we'll have a drink, but I'm not um, there's no way in the world I'm going out and put myself in that situation. It's not happening. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Um and the final question, uh Cohen of the Magnificent Seven with the not so quick fire questions today, but that's all right, I like <laughs> it. Um is in your opinion, uh, and it doesn't have to be football related, who is the greatest man to ever come from Georgetown? God, I don't even know how many people come from Georgetown. Hmm. Um, it's a difficult one, that isn't it? Well, you you got to you got to think that I came away from Georgetown when I was one and a half. So, God, do you remember I that? Really, <laughs> I don't really know. Should I list some people for you? Tell the truth. Uh, obviously, I'll... I can't say myself. <laughs> In fact, I'm probably the only one I know who's come from Georgetown. You can't. You can. You can name yourself. We've no, never I had that one either. I can't put myself in there. No. 
so I can list I, I can list some uh, some people from Georgetown. Uh, you've got uh, female footballer Charmaine Hooper. You've got cricketer Carl Hooper. Uh, you've got a few cricketers Leon Johnson, uh, Charles Pollard. You've got a, a singer called Rushton Kelly, Roger Harper, boxer Troy. Uh, something. Let's say a cricketer, American footballer, rather Robert Gathers. Uh, who else we got? Trying to th- trying to find one which everyone would know. But um, oh, there you go, uh, Letitia Wright, uh, who is an actress from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's in the Black Panther movies. Oh, is she? Yes. Okay. So well, um, we'll go. You could go with her, I guess. Reason, so I would say her, but otherwise I would have gone for one of the cricketers. Like, yeah. uh, like uh, perhaps uh, Pollard, maybe. Yes, Roger Harper and some people like that. Do you um do you like cricket? Um, Cohen? I don't mind mind it, but I'm absolutely shocking at it. You know, when, okay. when when we used to play at school and stuff like that, and they would say, "What well, what what do you do?" My my answer would be field. I'm a fielder because I'm rubbish at batting and no good at bowling. Um, I used to like going behind wicket, doing the wicket keeping because you're always in the game. Yes. But, um, but no, I wasn't particularly good at it. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm just going to and before we go to the tell me why, uh, I'm going to go to a couple of comments. Uh, we've also got a super chat which I'm not particularly happy about, but it's a super chat, so I have to read it and I have to go into it. But we'll do that in a minute. Um, but there's uh, a few people saying about uh, you were there tutoring college. Uh, James yeah. Costley says uh, he watched you playing for Tafswell when he was younger, but he was he's not old enough to have watched you play for Cardiff. Gavin Randall, of course, I think you know personally. Yeah. Uh, he's said a couple of things. Uh, Gav's super got? excited, by the way, Colin. Super excited. He's been, yeah, he's been very excited. Like a kid, he's like a, kid in a, like a kid in a sweet shop. Uh, yeah, a few 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 ex uh, students. I'm trying to find a particular one. Ah, there, yeah, Jack Osborne. Uh, he says, oh, yeah. Cohen is my ex-college tutor, uh, mainly did work in the gym when I was in level one. Yeah, that's right. Jack's all right. He's a good lad, Jack. Yeah. Uh, Which is nice, Cohen. It's lovely, though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because you get, you, you get people who who you don't see anymore and, you, and you, you, you probably don't keep in contact with. You know what I mean? I've got ex-students who, who you, people, students come and go and you, and you, and you have good times and you have, and, and you have good memories, but you don't ever get to see them again and they grow up to be adults. You know what I mean? We don't all act like adults. You know what I mean? We're all quite quite immature. Well, boy, I am anyway. But um, and 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 it's just yeah. Sometimes you you wish you, you, that you were able to probably keep in touch with some people because the, you knew they were going to grow up to be some really nice human beings. Yeah. Well, you know, you, um, you're coming across these with these kids at 16. They're not really um, 16, 17, whatever it is. They they've not really decided what they want to do or how they're going to go about it. And immature. A lot of them, you know, perhaps um, not did too well in their exams or whatever their circumstances might be and then you might see them or come in contact with them a few years later and you know they've got nice responsible jobs and they've got the families and mm. you know I, I was some of the students that i've started were like 32 33 now and i'm thinking oh, god you don't show how long you've been doing that job for and yeah. it's nice to see them that they've started their family and you're still keeping in contact so yeah mm. it is quite rewarding I was just about to say that then, Colin. Does that make you proud then that you that you started them on that journey? You know what I mean? That that, that you had a huge impact on on them, either making changes to their life or um, or, or having a positive impact on them. Yeah, well, I think uh, having a, a 
I wouldn't say I was a huge impact on their life or whatever, but I'd like to think that I would have uh, a small part to play in it. In you know, you know, even if it's just in terms of um, creating habits that will stand you in good stead. You know, yeah, uh, totally agree. One of the things I say for for the lessons is always about punctuality. Be there on time. I mean, you know what it's like at football. Mm. If they say a time, you've got to be there by mm. by that time. Okay, mm. so. Uh, you know, if you can get that into your psyche from 16, then if you're going to go go and work in an office or whatever you do, if you're going to go and catch a, a train or a plane or whatever it is, you've got it in there. I will mm. be on time, and 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 it'll stand you in good stead. I totally agree. Totally agree. There's certain there's certain traits, isn't there, which are which are important in in in, in all of us, but to pass it on to young people is just is great. Yeah. You know? So um so Rob Boyle, who's a regular viewer, he um he takes. He, t- uh, he takes a lot of fun mocking on during the Kevin McNaughton show. Uh, and he said uh, one of his biggest regrets is when uh, he's not realising what what a player you were for Cardiff when he was at college. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this is a, again, another one, someone who you uh, have tutored. Um, yeah, we I had a super. Remember, Bob, nice to see him with his family as well now and all that sort of stuff. So, like I said, it's just seeing people grow up and, and contributing. That's it. I like it. Uh, the Fisherman says, uh, "Hi, Cohen. Thanks for the memories. Loved watching you play. Some uh, some great days." And um, right, there's a couple of questions. Um, so Gaz said in a super chat. Uh, he said, "What's the story with Sai, his missus, and Willie Boland?" Uh, I will talk about that at the end of the show because I feel like I've said it before. But seeing as this is a super chat, I feel like I'll I stop. I'll stop. I'll, I'll stop you there. The last time you said you were going to say at the end of the show, you forgot. Did I? Okay. Yeah. I'll let Gaz off. And he sent a super chat, so I will 100%. I will rem- remember right at the end of yeah. the show, though, because I want to focus on Cohen for the minute. And um, there was just two other things I wanted to do before we move on. Um, your dad sent a question, which I want to get to in just a second. But uh, I wanted to ask Cohen about this, because I remember it, and I know cause I've seen a few people talking about it in the in the chat. Uh, Matthew Angel said, uh, anyone else remember cutting out the vouchers at the back of the X, South Wales Echo? Um, used to love doing that, and I then... Uh, just collecting the vouchers to get the, I think it was for a quid or something like that, to get in for a quid for kids, or quids for a, kids for a quid, I think it was, and uh, uh, Rick Wright, I believe. Um, but yeah, that, was, uh, that rolls back the years for me, that does. Uh, okay, so Andy's dad says, a question for both Andy and Cohen, have either of you ever been subbed on and off like Hudson Adoy was at the weekend? Uh, Who first? Cohen, you go first. Cohen, go first. Uh, no, I've never been subbed on or off. So, um, you know, I think it'd be really hard to take mentally if, if that happened to me. Um, but no, it's never happened to me. Here's a follow-up question then, and for you as well, when you answer this. Do you think it's harder for a younger player to take it? Or uh, like a 30, you know, 32-year-old? And has it ever happened to you, obviously, as well? Um that's not happened to me, but one uh, one thing which I can probably say is similar has happened to me. So I was playing for Middlesbrough at the time, and I started a game, and um, and the goalkeeper got sent off after something like six minutes. Um, so obviously the manager brought a new goalkeeper on. He had to bring somebody off. He brought me off, which which was fine. You know, I, mean, I, I fully understood why he did it. I got it. I got it. I took it. Took it on the took it on the chin, so to speak. Mm. But then the following Saturday, um, the sub goalkeeper, sorry, the, 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 the sub goalkeeper who was starting got sent off after five minutes. So the, the, a new a new goalkeeper warmed up again, got ready to come on. Who came off? I came off again. So the, the, the second time I didn't get it. I, I understood why I came off because he went 
the same formation, the same team, and I was the only young player on the pitch. But it took me, it probably took me two or three weeks after that to get over it, you know what I mean? And I can, under, I can fully understand. So then, to relate that to your question, I think it would probably be easier for an older player to understand uh, the reasoning behind it uh, and probably to go down the route of um, it's time-wasting, it's fresh legs or you look tired or something. Because if, how could you explain to Hudson Adoy? A, he doesn't look tired because he's a young kid. You know what I mean? He's probably the freshest player they've got. Um, tactically, it's happened. It's happened a few times now, and I, I, how would I? I'd be embarrassed. I think I would be really embarrassed. I'd feel as though that I wasn't good enough, and you know what I mean. I, I just don't think it should ever ever happen. I'd ever be able to happen because it it could really really harm a player's confidence, and uh, and I think it's upsetting. It's embarrassing for them, and I, I don't I, I don't laugh. I don't I don't, I don't like it because I, I could I could easily put myself in that position, and and, and I'd hate people to laugh at me and and make fun of that because it wouldn't be very nice. Yeah, it's a difficult one, mate. You know, like Mourinho's it done it a couple of times. A younger player than a than an older player. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, 100%. But then but then is it, is it is it easier taking off a player who's been on the pitch for 80 minutes for example? Yes, so I don't know why why he didn't do that. It's you know what I mean, oh, listen, even if he was having the worst game, I've seen it happen to um to the Arsenal player, um the fullback. Um was it was it was it? It wasn't Toure, was it? Was it Toure? It was it was what well, Arsenal fallback anyway. And he, he came, he came on, that. he came on, and he got brought off, and he was and he and he stormed down the tunnel and took his shirt off, and that was the end of him. And mm-hmm. I can I can probably I could probably see Hudson Odoi not be happy with it, and and potentially moving on because of this reason, because he had a chance to move to Bayern Munich not so long ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they wouldn't have done it to him. So you know, I mean, don't do it, don't don't do it to it to a, a lad who's got potential, and this kid's got potential, by the way. So yeah, hundred percent. Right, um, so just last thing we'll do before we go to tell me why, uh, and I want to get this question in. Craig Sullivan says, uh, Cohen, uh, he remembers your perfect Cardiff City debut. Do you remember much about it? <laughs> yeah, well, your debut is always going to be one of the things that you remember. Um, obviously, um, it was Huddersfield away, and, um, you know, Cardiff, I think we're probably down the bottom of the bottom of the table very close to the bottom anyway at the time and um, I know I'll have to say this which a lot of people might not know about this is that um, I hadn't met any of the players Um, I just well I didn't I just went from my house um, to uh, to the to met the the coach I think it was and then um, and then into the ground and uh, the, when they named the team, Steve Linex, who had been playing, he'd already put the jersey on. And then Len Ashurst came down and, and named the team, and Steve was out, and he'd already put his, ch- his shirt on. And then, obviously, that's that's the first lesson that I learned: never never put a shirt on before you get <laughs> the team's name. But then, also to be fair to Steve Linex, who was a Leicester player as well, so he's one of the ones, one of my uh, heroes, you know, from, from Leicester as well. He came over to me, gave me the shirt, and said, "Listen, uh, you know, all the best on, on your debut." To be fair to him, that was really, really good because it would have been really awkward. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that, that was well played, played for him. Um, but then, obviously, ended up playing and scored a volley, which I never managed to repeat in the hundred plus games that I played since. So um, yeah, scored a volley and then uh, got a penalty, and we ended up winning the game three two. So. Um, yeah, it was quite a good debut. Sounds excellent. Like, uh, mm. The perfect debut, doesn't it? 
Um, with, okay. Sorry, next, sorry. Uh, just, on, just, on, just to follow on from that coin, then um, did that did that then help with getting to getting getting the supporters to uh, to relate to you and and the relationship that you got? You know what I mean? Because you hit the ground running. You know what I mean? I think I I probably I'm loved by the supporters because of the start that I had for Cardiff City. I scored in my debut. I was lucky enough to score. I think um, a hat trick on my third game, a two on my second game, and I probably didn't score again for probably another twenty games after after I signed permanently. But it was just it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's just one of those things that nobody knows the answers to, nobody knows why, but it's just it happens and it happens in football, and it's just. But but I think fans know that that cream always rises, so to speak. So you always get that opportunity again to uh, to perform. Yeah, I, I think that when. If you're a forward, I think the, the pressure and the expectation is on you to to score. Yeah. Um, so if you can do that early, then it takes a lot of that pressure off. You know, just imagine if you've, you've been signed as a centre forward and it takes you 10, 12, 15 games to get a goal. Um, it's just pressure mounting and all the time. So just to, to score early on um, takes a lot of pressure off and you can just yeah. sort of concentrate on playing then. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, we were a friend of the show, uh, Reese Weston. I remember um, we trained uh, my first training session. You know what I mean? Cause I did the same thing because my debut was supposed to be at Huddersfield. Uh, I hadn't met the team as well, but the game got called off. So, um, obviously, I went back to Middlesbrough, uh, got my bags and then joined a couple of days later. And the players had had a day off on the on the day that I signed. And um, Reese Weston was training with the reserves that day. I think he got injured, so he was getting a bit of fitness up. And I trained and inside, we were doing a shooting drill and... I just couldn't hit the target for the for the life of me. I was having a really bad day. The travelling, or whatever it was, I'm, I'm not making excuses, but it was my legs had gone, my head had gone, and I was in a really bad mood. And all I got in my ear all training session was uh, Reese Weston saying, "Is that check bounced yet? Is that check? Is that is that is that is that pen dried on the?" Ear? I mean, I'm just thinking, just leave me alone, just let me concentrate on my football. I've just signed, and all the other lads are laughing, and it was just, I oh, listen, it was just banter in the change room, which which I, which I totally get. But it's, I'm going from being a, a young kid in the dressing room, which. Everyone feels a little bit sorry for the young boys, and you get loads of you get everyone putting their arm around you, making sure you're all right. And then all of a sudden, you, you're a different, you're a price tag, you're a main player, and you you've just got to hit that ground running and, and be and be with the banner like everybody else. And I think I grew up very quickly that week, very quickly. <laughs> got some cracking questions, which we'll go to in a minute. But for now, we're going to go to uh, tell me why. Okay, so in this segment, uh, I ask you both two questions for this week, and uh, you have 60 seconds to talk about the, the question, answer the question, whatever you like. Um, so, the uh, first of all, who would like to go first? I'll, I'll, I'll let Colin decide. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do either. Oh, Colin, do you want to go first or second? Let me go first. Andy first. Okay. Yeah. So, the, uh, the first question is... Is Jose Mourinho's time at Spurs coming to an end, or can he turn it around? And your time starts now. Um, I think he's got the he's got obviously got the players to turn it around, um, but it's either playing for him week in week out, and I, and I don't see that. You know, I mean, we spoke last week about about Gareth Bale and people being able to get the best out of Gareth Bale. Um, Harry Kane's not fit; he has having a bit of a bad time with injury, but. I do believe, and I've just said earlier on, that Cream always rises. He's a good manager. He's a winning manager. He's got a winning mentality. He's a he's a born winner. Um, they're still in um, Europe, I believe. I think they won in midweek uh, with Gareth Bale scoring along with um, along with the other the other star players. So I believe he will turn it round if he's given time. But like we all know, in, in the Premier League and in English football, it's a a results business. And 
I think he will be able to turn it round, yes. How long is that? 15 seconds to go, mate. But I'll oh. let you off because I'm a nice guy. I'm that was nice hard, that. Guy. That was hard, that. It's a hard one. I thought that was, that was hard. hard the, second one, the second one's easy, mate. So you're all right. That was hard, that. Um, and Cohen, same question to you. Is Jose Mourinho's time at Spurs coming to an end or can he turn it around? And your 60 seconds starts now. Um, can he turn it around? I think he can turn it around. As Andy said, he is a, he's, he's a good manager with proven record. Obviously, things aren't right at the moment. There's something that's, that's going on there, maybe behind the scenes or whatever it is. Uh, it's not right. He started to blame the players, um, which isn't ideal. Maybe he thinks they should be accountable. But a lot of the times, the managers would then sort of almost like take it on themselves. It's my fault. I'm doing things wrong. If you look at uh, Man City with Pep Guardiola, when Man City weren't doing well, he, he never blamed the players. He said, it's me. I picked the wrong side. I've done this. And uh, Mourinho's going the other way. So um, you know, I think he even said that um, there's nothing that I can do as the coach. And he insinuated it was something to do with maybe their mentality. Maybe they haven't got that desire to do it for him. So I think he can turn it around because, as you say, they've got uh, good players. But if and now that's your time up there, really good players, we're struggling. I like good, mate. That was I like. No, I like that. I like that. I hadn't. I hadn't heard some of those comments, and that's uh, that's quite alarming for me. That you know, that's um, yes. You know what I mean? Because when you start when you start blaming players and blaming other people, you know that you know that that's that's coming to an end because chairman and other people start hearing those noises. And for me, there's 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 no way of turning it around. You know what I mean? A, a comment said there about Pep. You know what I mean? Pep's always blaming himself. He's always looking at ways to get himself better and, and looking how he's getting the rewards now because of just of how good he is and, and now how good of a man manager is. You look at John Stones. I'll use him as a, as a, as a prime example. John couldn't get in the team for a year. He looks Rolls Royce again now. He looks the best mm. Premier League defender in the world on current yeah. form. Yeah. Well, you look at um, Mourinho's time at United, mate. Like, he was always having thinly veiled sort of pokes at Luke Shaw and his fitness or this or that and the other. And it was when he fully turned on him in the in public that the players almost turned on him. And that was, you know, the writing was on the wall. When you start singling out players or... You blame the players and almost make out like, you know, there's nothing more that I can do. I'm doing everything that I can do. I feel like there's only one way that's going to go. And um, listen, well, sir, there's, know, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time and a place for that. That happens in the changing room all the in time. The and room. As long as it stays there, I've got no, I've got no issue with it at all, whatsoever. Mm. You know what I mean? If a manager comes in and says, "Listen to the boys," there's nothing more I can do. It's all down to you. Sure. As a player, I'm sat there thinking, I'll prove him wrong. I will prove yeah. him wrong on Saturday or Wednesday or, when, or Thursday, whenever it is nowadays. You know what I mean? And and then, as a manager, you know it's it's reverse psychology. But if once you go in the, in the press and do it, if reverse psychology doesn't work, well, it's 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 everywhere. Then the whole world's well, got older. It's not reverse. Then look at what he's done to Daddy Ali, mate. As I said, yeah. I've used mm. that example a few times. Yeah, um, we were talking about that last week. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one. I, mean, I think I've got to say I, I apologise to Spurs fans because I really cursed them. The set, I, I said uh, about you know when they were doing well. I said I could see Mourinho taking them on because of the side they've got. I said I wouldn't be surprised if he finished in the top two. And ever since I said that, they've just fallen to pieces. So uh, I apologise profusely to them. I'm saying that, um, saying that, okay. Osai, on, 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 that, on that point. We've we've got a lot of West Ham followers. You've got to give them yeah. credit, by the way. They've had an unbelievable Amazing, season. Man. David Moyes. 
listen, he's he's outdoing his Everton his Everton form, and I thought that was I thought that was never going to be beaten. He's absolutely amazing, and the signings what he's made from the Championship alone, Ben Rama, um, um, the lad from Hull, uh, Josh, uh, uh, Jared Bowen. He's, he deserves huge credit, huge credit. He's done, doing a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. 100%, mate. Um, I'd be really interested to hear, because I know uh, Gaz, who said that super chat earlier, he doesn't like David Moyes. He wanted him out, uh, you know, pretty soon after he came in. He's never been a fan. Uh, I don't think he was a massive fan of the Lingard signing, but those two have really... I feel like Lingard has injected, um, like... They were doing well, and then since Lingard's come, he's injected like that extra bit of oomph into their their campaign. I I met I think I said text you yesterday, and and said I really think they've got a good chance of finishing top four because mm. uh, there is a team which we're going to talk about in just a second who uh, the wheels have come off with. Well, I've um, got I've got I've got a good West a good friend who's a West Ham fan, and he's a he's a huge Mark Noble fan, huge. Like he, he thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread, and. Now he's come out the side. He's desperate for them to lose, and I'm, I'm like, listen, you know what I mean. Mark's had an amazing career, an amazing career. He's done, he's done really well. He's, well, he's played for this club, this one club, all his life. But sometimes it's time just to step aside and and come on when needed, and let these younger players just kick the club onto another level. The Declan Rices, the Jesse Lingards, the Jared Bones, the Ben Ramas, the Antonios. You know what I mean? Let these players push the club on, and you just from the background, maybe look at coaching or look at nurturing, and just just enjoy yourself because it's. Um, What's going on at that football club is just phenomenal. You know what I mean? And if they if they can get a little bit of success, and I mean European football or Champions League football in that stadium, then they could start to attract some huge players because London attracts anywhere. That football club, full stadium wise, must be a must be one of the best grounds to play in. It's like Wembley. Yeah, that's what I meant. So um, interesting. And um, we got our second question on Tell Me Why Now, and Geraint has just put this. Uh, comment and he says United should have kept him. I think he's referring to Lingard and got shot of Martial. Now, uh, my question is for the uh, second second question is will Anthony Martial leave Manchester United in the summer, and should he? Uh, Andy, are you going first or is Cohen going first this time? Cohen, now like you first. It's up to you. I'll go first on this one. Well, then. Okay, right. Then. right so and, uh, Martial leave Man United in the summer or will yeah. he? Right. Um, you know, like at the moment, it seems to be in vogue for people, for people to have a go at certain people, uh, at players for a little while and then they'll, they'll find their form and then they're the best thing since sliced bread. Um, at the end of last year, Martial was flying, absolutely flying, right? And you know, playing the same position, scoring goals. And, you know, he really looked the part. This year, he hasn't. And and you know what it's like. Confidence is such a, f- a fragile thing that s- somebody says something bad about you and if, if it affects you in the wrong way, then getting it back is really, really hard. Um, so, you know, if, if it comes to the stage, if he's going to be constantly not, then, um, yeah, perhaps he, it is time for him to go. Man United will probably let him go anyway because they've got they've got yep. James, they've got Greenwood, and that's your time there, Cohen. But you carry that, on that job, you know. So um, I, if I was him, I'd probably say, yeah, go on. Then I'm going to go. I've been at Man United and um, go somewhere where perhaps he might be more appreciated and under less pressure, a, a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond, maybe. Interesting. 
Um, Andy, same question to you, my friend. Time starts now. Um, I agree with Colin that he uh, he had an amazing end to the end of the season last season. I think the problem with him is he's he's so used to being uh, Man United's best player, and this year you've got Fernandez who's taken everyone's mantle. If you still got Rashford, you've got Greenwood who's coming through. You've got Cavani who steps up when he's needed to. Even Paul Pogba's now deciding that he wants to turn up week in week out, which is a fantastic thing for United and for. Uh, for, for English football, but for Marshall himself now, I, I think he himself, with him being a big name player, he needs to be the best player in the team. And because he's not that at United, I I don't see anything else apart from him moving. I think Man United should cash in on him. I think they'll get good value for him, and I think they could use that value to go and bring in um, a player who suits them a little bit better. Um, if that's a centre forward um, who could take the pressure off or play alongside um, a Cavani. Uh, but I do believe you will leave, and I believe you should probably cash in on. And that's your time there. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because ultimately he's very he's a really young player, um, and which is why I think Solskjaer would prefer to keep him. Um, I think the signing of Cavani has probably hurt his progress a little bit because before Cavani came in. It looked like Martial was going to be their central forward with the likes of Rashford and Fernandes and Daniel James, etc. behind him. Um, they signed Cavani. Cavani has obviously come in and looked every bit the world-class player, which has meant that they've shunted Martial and Rashford around a little bit. They're all None of them want to play on the right. and there's, So they've basically got three left-wingers or three left-forwards in Daniel James, Rashford and Martial. They all want to play off the left. They can't all play off the left. Um, and it'll be interesting what they do, because they're never, ever going to sell Rashford. Uh, they may loan out Daniel James, but then he started scoring recently as well. Mm. So it's, it's going to be interesting what they do. They'll get good money for him, because he's so young and he's, you know, he hasn't done badly for them. And that's for me, Sam. That's what I think. Thinks the important part of it because you know what I mean. Sometimes oh, you, sorry, you, Ant, you, you... I'm just going to cut you off, mate, very quickly, because I want to ask you something which you're going to probably will fit into what, I'm going to, what you're going to say. Do you think it depends if they end up selling Pogba? Because yeah, oh yeah, that could yeah, have yeah. a big impact on it. They don't. Yeah, want I don't think. I don't, yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think you can sell them both. I think. Uh, I think if United sold both of those players, uh, I think it would be. It would be it, as a fan. You know what I mean? As a Man United fan, I'm not a Man United fan, but as a Man United fan, you see that as a as really negative business that you've yeah. got two. You got rid of your two biggest players, um, unless you brought in some huge players. Before you sold them both, yes. you know what I mean. My my point, my, my, my point. I was going to refer to about, about um, it's just the way modern football is now. You know what I mean. It was different when I played, different when Colin played, and teams like that number nine being physical, being big and strong, and having the runners out wide and from deep. You know what I mean. And having a different way of playing. You know what I mean. For me, before it was, you probably have a have a, a lightweight, quicker centre forward for balls over the top. It doesn't have that anymore. You know what I mean. Everything's played down the sides and down the wings, and and in the number ten area for Fernandez and for. Uh, a David Silver, so to speak, for X-Man City and, and things. and um, So, yeah, you know what I mean? I, I think Man United are just going following the grain of, of, of what, what works and what works for them and successful for them. And because somebody doesn't fit their mould or, or get, a, get, a, get a place in the team, then for me, I think you've got to cash in before people lose their value or their valuation. Because that can go quickly as well, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, so, just before we flick back completely to Cohen and his career, which I want to do, so I don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, a few people have sort of mentioned it and asked, um, what is going on with Liverpool Football Club? Because 
there's issues there, Andy, isn't there, Cohen? Both. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I, listen, I, I, I hope I hope they turn things around very quickly um, because I could see Jurgen Klopp doing something stupid, as in as in just resigning and, and, and leaving that post. Um, I hope he doesn't because. He's you know, done he's going, so he's, much for them, mate. He has, so but he's going. He's going through a lot personally. I know he lost his mum not so long ago, yeah. and I don't want. I don't want emotions to run high one one week, and and reporters asking the wrong question, and and someone else say something negative to him, and he, and he just decides, you know what? I don't need this anymore. I'm a, yeah. I'm a successful manager. I've, I've just won the Premier League. I can go and get another job in another country, uh, the biggest clubs, by the way. He could go to Real Madrid, Barcelona tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. He could, go so, he could go home to Germany and get yeah, probably get the Bayern Munich job. He can get the biggest job, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I hope not because he's such a character. He's very good at what he does. He's he, he's, he's put Liverpool and the Premier League to another level. Um, but what's going on? I don't know. I, 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 I haven't got the answers to it. You know what I mean? Mate. I don't think it's helping. And, I, and I, I said this last week. I don't know what Cohen thinks, but they must have a young player who can play centre half. You don't have to play um, Henderson. Fabiano, you don't have to play these experienced midfielders centre half because playing the midfield and centre half is two chalk and cheese. They're not the same positions. It's different positions, different tactics, different way of tackling, different way of positioning yourself. Players are playing on them and they're getting some real good rewards, and it's it's sad to see because the players are top players, the managers are top manager, the clubs are top club, but everything's going wrong at the same time, and I I, I do fear for. Um, I don't think he'll get the sack, but I just I just I just think he might do something stupid like Rizan because he doesn't need the hassle. Just a blip for me, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, Liverpool will come back uh, strong, as you say, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Um, because, but you know, so many teams this year, where there have been so many games on top of each other, when you have a, a, a loss of form, if it's only like two or three weeks, you, you might have lost six games. Yeah. And, and you know, that... Man City would, you know, everyone's saying now Man City, oh, they're playing brilliant, whatever. They had a little spell. You know, Man United have had a spell. Leicester, probably not so much of a spell, but they've been really poor at home. You know, so many clubs have had a spell of not doing well. Um, you know, Chelsea, soon, soon as Lampard has a couple of bad games, they get rid of him. Mm. You know, they did well to even get to Europe last year yeah. with, with all the embargoes and restrictions that were in place. And he blooded the youngsters and gave, gave, them, gave them a chance. They've come through. And then as soon as you have a little bit of a blip, they get rid of it. Mm. So, I totally agree. It's Gavin's not fair though, made, sorry, is it? It's not, it's not fair. So, sorry, mate. Um, Gavin's made this comment here, and he's a Liverpool fan. He says they've got Reese Williams, Ben Davis, and Nico Williams. Um, in his opinion, he doesn't trust them. Well, I got to disagree there because I would play Nico Williams as a centre back every single week over Henderson or Fabiano. Uh, I think at centre back, like you. He could play there. He's got, he's got the pace to play there. Maybe he's questioning his, his, his height. Um, you know, obviously, he's, he's just signed a lad from Preston yeah. North End. He's just signed a lad from Davis from Preston North End. That, that was a strange one for me. I thought he might have gone out and bought um, a player from a player from overseas, even if it's a young player and someone who the, the scouts have been looking at and someone who they can nurture from when, when Van Dijk comes back. back you know what I mean? It's a, it was, that was a strange call. It was a very strange call. Yeah. But, but it was. Maybe. It's just the, it's the way it's it's the, it's the times of football side. You know yes, what I mean? Clubs aren't clubs aren't generating any money, and there's no supporters going to games. So clubs' hands are tied a little bit. You know what I mean? It's a great move for the boy. Listen, dream come true for him. But um, you know, I mean, he won't be enjoying it in a minute. But you know what I mean? I'm right. sure. Uh, like Cohen, they'll come good. They'll come good because Liverpool have got the best players. You know what I mean? In, in the if not 
the best players in the league just behind Man City. 100%, mate. Uh, so the fisherman um, asked, could you ask Cohen what it was like playing in Europe against Standard Liège? I travelled out there to the game and it was an amazing trip. Yeah, Standard Liège. Listen, it was, it was a good trip. I, 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 my opinion of that is that mm-hmm. I felt we, we let ourselves down a little bit because we were actually 2-1 up away and their manager had said that they expected to beat us and then we went 2-1 up and I felt if we could have held it just for a minute, two minutes, then the crowd had already started to turn. As soon as we went 2-1 up, they went straight down the other end, scored, and then it was like, whoosh, and it was just like the Alamo from then on. So, great, great um, night in terms of the uh, experience and all that sort of stuff, but I do feel that we let ourselves down a little bit in not being able to hold that lead just for five, 10 minutes and really get them going. The crowd would have turned, we would have probably have ended up winning that match and maybe the time. How good was it, Colin, to play in the uh, to play in Europe? You know, what I mean, obviously to, to 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 achieve and play against some of the teams you played against. I mean, the nights, you know, what I mean, obviously the night games, how, how how important it was to the supporters. But as a player, to yeah. pick your wits against um, some of Europe's best players, how, how how good was that? Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, it was one of the things that when I was playing for Cardiff, and you, you thought, well, just imagine how many top level players haven't had the opportunity to play in Europe. You know, and then we were able to get in there, and I was able to play there just through perhaps qualifying through the Welsh Cup or whatever it was. So it was a really good experience. Would have been better if we'd have managed to win a couple of games or something like that. But you know, um, that wasn't to be. But it was good to play. Well, I think me and Sai have spoke about obviously um, the Welsh Cup. You know what I mean? And obviously, the lack of importance it's taken now. You know what I mean? And 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 I just think it's disrespectful because um, obviously I'm. Really good friends with Craig Harrison. Craig's been on the show. Uh, obviously, the most successful manager in Welsh league, Welsh, Welsh football history. You know, what I mean, with the amount of things he's won for TNS. You know, in the Welsh Cups, the amount of um, Champions League games he's played in Europa League. He's now at Connors Key. It's they're the games which he stands as his most proudest moments. You know, what I mean, listening to that Champions League music, listening to the crowds as he's walking out of Legia Warsaw, for example, the stories he's told me and. You know, I mean, these are the kind of things what don't happen every week. These are the things what don't happen to people at all. And you know what I mean? For me, for me, I think it's teams. You know what I mean? And 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 people not pushing the Welsh Cup enough and letting teams still still have the heritage and the chance to play in Europe because Cardiff City, Swansea City, Wrexham. You know what I mean? Would would love the opportunity to to still progress and, and play in Europe. You know what I mean? As as part of a British team and and just to just to give it a go. The fans would absolutely they'd, they'd absolutely kill for it that they'd absolutely love it and and that the stadiums would be bouncing bouncing and it would just it would just give Welsh football such a lift and players such a lift it would be uh, it would be amazing yeah yeah you're right um okay so uh there's so many questions I'm kind of just scanning through um Donna said uh do you still keep in touch with any of your former Cardiff City teammates is that for me is it yeah yeah um, not so much. I mean, I see Jace a little bit, or used to see Jace through um, through the college football program. Um, see Gibbo, uh, you know, through the maybe the cha- odd charity games and stuff like that. That's when I see most of the lads. Um, Carl Dale would be one that was most friendly with, but I think he's moved away from the area a little bit now. So um, I, you know, it's not a case of. 
avoiding them or anything like that. It's just that people have got other lives and moved in other ways. And, you know, it's great when we get together, but we don't get together that often. Of course, yeah. Um, question from me then. Um, what was it like playing with that, uh, that Carl Dale, Chris Pike partnership? Well, to start off with, Daly took my place, didn't he? Because I was the yeah. last to send forward. <laughs> and then if you remember that um, Eddie May bought Paul Miller as well, um, as the centre forward, the pairing was supposed to be Carl Dale and, uh, and Paul Miller. Um, but, you know, I think the thing with that team anyway, that there were so many people could play in different positions. Um, uh, you know, I could play pretty much anywhere along the left or the right or whatever it might be all up front. Uh, daily for that uh, championship year, then um, he got injured, didn't he, at Christmas time? I think he was going to go to Middlesbrough, actually. Mm. And um, he got injured. Um, and so he was out, but I was able to cover, and Blakey was able to cover. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was... it was, it was the, the thing is, and I, I've seen Daly do this so many times, is that he, he worked on percentages. And every time a shot went in, if you watched him, he always followed it in, every time. And he and he said, look, listen, if I do that all, all season, I will get myself 10 tappings. I only have to score 10 good goals, and I'm a 20 goals a season man then. So, um, yeah, Daly, Daly was one of and Pikey were both finishers. Um, so, and then you need that sort of person in your team to... to, to you know, you can run around as much as you want, but it's somebody, you need to have somebody who puts a ball in the net. How important well, Jeff, was it to? How sorry, you say? How important was it to um, to have that competition for places then in that in that in that centre forward area to uh, to push you and you to push them and and, and for the club to um, to have some success? How important was it to have have, have, a, have a strong unit? Yeah, I think well, you, you know, competition makes you makes you play. Um, uh, and make and makes you keep keep those standards high. And it wasn't so much um, there was there was no bad feeling with about it mm. or anything like that. It was just that you you know you knew there was going to be injuries. And then if there was injuries or uh, you weren't playing quite so well, that there was somebody there who was going to come come on and could do the job. Mm. Um, so you you know sometimes so, somebody gets injured, the main striker gets injured, and there's a big drop off between. Uh, you know your main striker and the next person. Now, I'm not going to say I was uh, as good a striker as Daly or anything like that, but I could go in and I could do a, do a job up there. And then Nick Richardson could come out and do a job on the right as he would do, or Blake could go and do a job up front and I would go on the left, or or whatever it might be. We had Robbie James who could play midfield or or at the back or full back, and we had Derek Brazil who could play centre half or right back or centre midfield. You know there was loads of people interchangeable. Yeah, which I think is important, so si, you know, because it, it, it relates yeah. it back to um, to my time as obviously City that that when you're not playing, that you know, what I mean, you've got to keep yourself right mentally, physically, because you know, what I mean, you know, you're going to get that opportunity, and you don't want to let the team down, yourself down, the fans down. It's it's so relevant and so important that um, that you've got to keep yourself right because you know that that chance might be in five games, ten games, twenty games, twenty five games, but if it's just that one opportunity, you've got to make sure you take it with both hands because. You 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 you've waited for that chance. You know, you worked hard for that chance. So it's so important that yeah that, that you're ready for it. Um, Cohen, you know, you mentioned you mentioned a minute ago uh, Nathan Blake, um, and I just really wondered what was the kind of the initial 
uh, reaction from the other players? What was the opinion of his ability? Obviously, he went on to be an incredible player. He came into that Cardiff squad around 1990. Like, what was the reaction of the other players to him? Well, Blakey was... He made his debut as a left-back. Um, wow. And... I used to hate when 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 we used to sort of have a, a trial match against you know against the ones who weren't playing. He would sometimes play centre half, and I hated when he was there marking me because he, you know, he he's had everything. He's got a hell of a spring. He's really strong. He's quick. You know, you could put put him anywhere, and he'd be able to do a decent job. Right footed and left footed. So I I I don't, I don't know I. I Always thought, I mean, you know, he made his name as a centre forward. I always thought he was a really good um, number ten and an excellent defender. But if you know, if you put him at the back, are you losing too much? Maybe not now that the game has changed. But um, yeah, I mean, listen, you can always tell tell uh, quality. So he came in and and did it. The only thing that was ever missing with Blakey was whether he could do it consistently. And as soon as he got that consistency to his game, then he moved on. Yeah, that's uh, that's really that's fascinating. I gotta say, like to just imagine Nathan Blake. I just uh, in my head, I was imagining him as like a a central defender, as a, like a sweeper, because he's you know he was naturally and technically very good. I could just imagine him as a sweeper at the back, just uh, bringing it out from defence in the modern game. Very interesting it. stuff. He could do it. We, you know, can you remember years years ago when they did that um, the the sort of hundred meter sprint, the the races, looking for yeah. the quickest player. Yeah. Can you remember that, Anne? Yeah, I remember uh, it was it John John Williams? Was it John Williams? John Williams yeah. won it. Yeah. Yeah. Now we we had a list. We were going to send somebody, right? And so we we had a race, and Blakey was the quickest of all of us. Um, you know, so Blakey probably won by like half a yard or whatever it might be, and then it was like me, Daly, and and Surly quite close, but Blakey was comfortably the quickest, right? And till we found out that you had to then go to Plymouth for the race, and then that was it. No <laughs> 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 but, how often do you run 100 metres in a football match? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I, I, I did true. find that strange when, when, when they set it up, and it was because was, it was the final eventually at Wembley as well. Yeah. I think when, uh, yeah, the, the, the final, final. You know, don't run 100, because there used to be a player called Junior Bent, who was at, I think he was at Bristol Bristol City or Bristol Road, it was one of those two, and he was like grease lightning. And, but he was, only, and he, he was winning it up to maybe 50 yards, and then John Williams came through and stuff like that, because, you know, you, that's what you, where you want your pace, over 30, 40, 50 yards, not over 100. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And it's it's short bursts as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like I, I did watch it with um, um, uh, with interest because you know what I mean. Because I think uh, John Williams what was he, the flying postman or something, wasn't he? He was he was nicknamed in the end, and he was too fair. He was rapid, and I always I always thought you know what I mean. If I can get anywhere near um, how quick he was, that, um, that that you've got a chance. You know, as a centre forward, that you you know what I mean. If you're quick, you've got an opportunity. But he was he just seemed on another level, and he, he seemed big and solid as well, you know what I mean, he was, it was, yeah, it was, very, big, it was very, yeah, very strange, yeah, that he was but that quick. Winning gave him confidence, didn't it? He, yeah. he developed another couple of yards of pace once he won that, 
Yeah. It's incredible, yeah. That, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he went on to um, another level, didn't he? Because he was uh, was he was he was he did he play for Swansea at the time or was it Coventry City? He, he was at Swansea, I think. Was it Swansea then, at the time, and then he moved to. Yeah, I think he went to West Brom, and uh, and then I'm sure he went to Coventry City as well. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure he. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I think it, it 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 certainly helped his career at the time to um to being to being being the flying postman and being the being the quickest player because he got yeah. I think he got him a move helped him get a move which is which is fine. There's a there's a couple of, a couple of questions. Can no kid ask the question? And my dad's just um, um yeah re- asked, re- asked the question about um uh, obviously the corner. Did you ever play Ayrson Park? Yeah, did you ever play Ayrson Park against Middlesbrough? Um. I think I did actually because FA when, Cup. I think yeah, you played yeah, in the FA Cup, Cup when uh, when um, you when they beat them two one ninety three ninety four. Right, yeah. yeah. With um, yeah. I think it was was it Graham Pollock was it? Did he play midfield or something like Jamie, that? Jamie Jamie Pollock. Jamie Pollock. Yeah. Did it. Jamie get sent? Yeah. Did Jamie get sent off? Did he? No, he didn't. Oh, he's a, <laughs> Jamie's a Jamie's a nutter. Jamie's a nutter. Jamie's a nutter. Yeah. Well, I, I I I thought that game straight away because uh, I'm sure I'm sure I yeah I'm sure I went with my dad because um, we used to go to all the games. It was a midweek game. I think we drew the drew the first game um, in Ninian Park and and I think yeah. it was a it was a showing that Middlesbrough were going to win. You know what I mean? They had uh, Craig Hignett, Paul Wilkinson, uh, John Hendry. We had some really listen. They had uh, yeah all my heroes and great players and um, and I think we we turned there just expecting to win and I'm. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure either Stanty scored or even even Blakey might have scored. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that day, but I know. I know it was two one anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't be able to tell you who scored. But it just reminded me yeah. of Essen Park. It just reminded me of Ninian Park side. Just red, yeah. just red and blue. It's pro- quite similar. Ground, but yeah, well, exactly the good history, good atmosphere. But yeah, very so missed. We've had uh, had some good comments. Had some good questions. Your dad has asked a couple of great ones. I will not forget them. I will get through as many as I can. Um, but I want to go to this one first. Uh, Will says, uh, Cohen, with your obvious pace and ability, we're wondering why you didn't get scouted for a professional team earlier in your career. Um, well, I was playing on the park till I was 21 for a start. So, you know, um, just you know, paying your three quid of subs and having a kick about with your mates. So um, I think, first of all, make sure that you play at a high, as a high as level. If, if that's what you want, I mean, I um, I was quite happy to be to be doing that as well. So, um, and then I decided to try and take it a bit more seriously, and you know, just kept moving forward. Like it. How how easy how easy come was was the, was the progression, or did you find any obstacles on the way, which uh, which which got in the way? I don't think I found too too many obstacles. I moved up, you know, reasonably quickly. Um, afterwards, but um, I suppose one of the things that always stood me in good stead was that, you know, I, I in fact, you know what it says about pace, and I never consider myself particularly quick, you know, because um, pace for me, especially at football, is over 30, 40, 50 yards and stuff like that, and if I was running, I, I used to run like the 200 and 400, you know, that sort of stuff, so, you know, with the endurance, um, but um, I, I, I think what helped me was the fact that I could play in so many, you know, a few different positions. Yeah. Um, so it makes you more valuable and means that you know if I was if I wasn't playing, I was always a sub because I could cover so many different positions. And the fact that you've got a little bit of pace is a bit of an X factor as well, isn't it? Does that does that become a positive or a negative, Cohen, about being versatile? Um, for you, I for you as a, for you as a player, for me positive for me 
um, because you know, like I said, I just I, I nearly always played, and it, and if I didn't play, then I'd be sub. And then I think sometimes I did feel sometimes that every time there was a change, I would move positions. Every time a sub yeah. come on, I'd be moved, and so I felt sometimes that you know I wasn't getting the chance to settle into a game properly. Um, mm. I was constantly having to adjust right mm. and left from to centre forward to left back to right back stuff like that. How hard that? How hard is that then, Cohen? Because obviously we've spoke um, we've spoke at length on the on the Friday Championship show side, especially haven't we about um, Cardiff City playing players in our opinion out of position, playing midfielders at right back and. Um, people who should be in various positions in the normal habitat, basically, for us. So how, how hard is it for a player, then, to be moved around and still be expected to perform at the level uh, which a, a player in that normal position would be a player? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't find it too hard. It was, you know, I think each position is a different mentality, really. Mm. Um, obviously, if you're, if you're centre-forward... Your job is to score your go- score your goals, and so you know you're going with that bit more selfish mount mindset, perhaps. As a winger, I used to see my job as balls coming in from my side. Uh, no, if I could cross them, great. If not, then perhaps Derek Brazil or the right back. If they're doubling up on me, I'd, I'd lay it back, and then he'd cross it in. As long as the cross came in, then again I was happy. As a fullback, yeah. you know. Well, my job is to stop them, and you know, from being quite a fair player, normally I'd turn into some sort of stupid animal and get booked all the time and stuff like yeah. that, because it's a different mentality. So, yeah. fortunately, I had to play fullback too often. I totally agree. How, how, how important then is it to have um, have a strong relationship with your fullback or your right winger, regard depending on what you're playing? You know, I mean, you see the. Um, the Gary Neville Beckham, sort of speak, you know what I mean? Who, who just telepath, telepathic, just knew what each other was going to do, supported when you needed support. And how important is it to have that link with that, uh, with that same player, wide man? Yeah, well, it, fo- football is about partnerships all over, isn't it? You mm. know, we were talking um, earlier about uh, Liverpool and not having that defensive se- uh, centre half partnership. And you know, um, when I was playing on the left side, me and Surly. He'd be bombing up and down, and I'd come and cover for him, and all that sort of stuff, and that would cause teams problems. Uh, it wasn't quite the same with Derek when he was there because he wouldn't get past me so much, but he'd just back up, and yeah. then I'd just turn around and roll it back, and he would knock a decent ball in. So, you know, as a centre forward, you and your strike partner, you know, working together. So yeah. it's all about the relationships, and that's perhaps yeah. um, maybe you don't get that quite so much now because you get because of the it's more of a squad game now, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, well I, I totally agree. No, I totally, it's so interesting what you just said there, though, about uh, about, about about Derek. And I, I don't mean I'm not, I'm not going to say this in, in a negative way, but you knowing what people's plans are in the, in, in that game situation, you know, what I mean, so you know Derek's not going to overlap you, so you know, you know you've got to be positive yourself. You know he's going to back him up, which is great. So you've always got the lay back for the long cross, but you know that. Um, someone else, for example, if you're playing the left or someone else is playing full-back, they're going to overlap you, so then you've got to give them the ball because if you give the ball away, you've got a long way to go back and give the ball away and you've got somebody shouting in your ear as well, I'm guessing, to, uh, uh, until you win the ball back. So it's um, it's yeah. it's so so important to get that longevity and get that relationship over the course of weeks and, 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 and a run of games because, you know what I mean, I, I know myself, you know what I mean, I, I remember, I didn't play a lot with Ernie, but 
every time I played with him, I enjoyed it. But I didn't get that run of games. I'd always play with a, either a Lee or a Thorny because Lenny liked the big man and little man, and it was it was yeah. good. But what, sometimes I just I just wish I'd have, I'd have been given six, seven, eight games, maybe as a um, alongside somebody, just to see what it was like. You know what I mean? But people have their have their philosophies and ways of playing, which is. It's fantastic, you know, because um, we've all we've all got our, our own ideas about football and how it should be played. And um, listen, Lenny's done a great job in his managerial career. So who, who am I to um, to start questioning his uh, his his tactics after after a thousand games or however many he's got? Yeah, it's still got loads and loads of questions. So I'm just going to kind of flip through a couple. Did, uh, was that my was that my dad was that my dad there? Did he say Cavs scored that game that day as well? Yeah. So uh, did he? It was uh, Middlesbrough one, Cardiff two. 93-94, Cavs scored for Borough. Wow. Which is, that's the interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Did he have, did he have silver hair, Dad? I hope he did. I'm sure he did, didn't <laughs> yeah, he? Still he had did. silver hair all, all his life. Born with silver hair. Um, Matthew Angel sent in a couple of good, really good questions. There was one earlier, he said to all of us, do we think that football should bring in a yellow card system like rugby, whereby you have like a, I think it's like a 10-minute breather, basically. You have 10 minutes sim bin, and then you come back on. Or do you think it should stay as it is? And you go first, mate. Um, what 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 we talk, what we talking about? Are we talking about um, that if you do something specific like um, shirt pull, or are we are we on about? Because I, I, I'm confused with the rules anyway. Because um, some referees give a red card for a professional foul, some don't. Some I, I, I thought the rules had changed that if 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 the if a penalty has been given and it's a and it's a professional foul the penalty is a punishment and it's a yellow card. I've seen a few red cards now. I've seen a few daft handballs, um, which have which have um, which have resulted in red cards. You know what I mean? Which are, what, weren't deliberate. For me, if they pick on a a certain area, if that's put shirt pulling, if it's the professional foul, um, if it's deliberate handball, mm-hmm. I don't know. If it's something like that, then. Yeah, maybe I'm all for it, but it has to be for that certain thing that players know that they can't do it, and if they do do it, they know the punishment for it, possibly. Yeah, I think it's difficult, isn't it, at the moment, because no one seems to know exactly what the wording of the different rules means, which is causing confusion for it the players. It can't be a yellow card either. It can't be a yellow card either. Can it? It's just very difficult. I don't admit, I couldn't tell I'll you I'm not a, not a rugby. Yeah, so it's got to be purple, pink. <laughs> It's got to be something, on it? It's got to be purple, pink, orange, black, white. Yeah, it's got to be something. Yeah, just random. random. So, um, the other question which Matthew asked, uh, Cohen, he said, does anyone else at the Welsh Cup final when Cardiff beat Real 5-0? Uh, he says, if I remember correctly, Phil Stant scored a hat-trick. And Cohen, did you get the other two? Uh, what was Phil Stant like to play with? Uh, I do remember that. Um and I did score the other two, and then I was on for a hat trick, and then he moved me to left back, which I wasn't. <laughs> no. um, Nightmare. But um, Stancy was was mad. Again, a goal scorer. You know, he's got this, this sort of myth around him, sort of stuff. Um, you know, um, but he, he's uh, one of the breath, uh, breath of fresh air, and really, really funny. Um, you know, the type, the character that you would sort of need in your dressing room, especially if you're struggling a little bit, things like that. Then, you know. He would he'd be one of those ones, um, and then he'd also <laughs> after the match he'd, 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 he'd be in the and he'd, and he'd want a fact and he'd say, oh, "I'm dying for a fact. I'm dying for a fact. Just watch out. Make sure Eddie doesn't come and see me." Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I have a fact in the bar or something like that. But uh, <laughs> can I just say a, a little story about um, uh, about the, that cup final? 
Welsh Cup yeah. final. Because we won it, and then we were taking the the, uh, the Welsh Cup, which is a beautiful cup, by the way. So it's really, really nice, yes. really, really ornate. Um, obviously, I've never seen the FA Cup, but Ratcliffe, Kevin Ratcliffe has, and he was saying that the Welsh Cup is nicer than the, than the uh, FA Cup. Because um, man. wow, it's, uh, it's, it's so ornate. But I was taking it around to the to round in the crowd, and this bloke said to me, can, can, I, can, can I hold it? So me, like an idiot, I gave him the Welsh Cup, and he ran off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've lost the Welsh Cup. And he ran off into the crowd with the Welsh Cup. So I, I was starting to panic, and then... I was thinking, should I tell somebody about this? And then just as I was starting to panic, he came back, then he'd run off to have his photo taken with the Welsh Cup. I thought, thank God for that. I gave it to somebody else and that was it. I didn't want it again then. I bet, you're glad, uh, I bet you're glad social media wasn't around then, Corin, because that would have been sort of like that yeah, on video, wouldn't it? Right. You'll have been looking around thinking, what's going on? That's fabulous, that. Um, and your dad said the Cav had black hair during, uh, yeah. during yeah, that thing, that. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the fisherman, he's back, he's asked another question and, and he's loving it tonight. He says, uh, was the Man City FA Cup game the best atmosphere Cohen played in at Ninian Park where uh, Nathan Blake scored that famous goal, of course? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it would be either between that or um, the last game when we were going up uh, before the Scunthorpe in the, in 92-93. So, I think, who was it? I think it might have been Shrewsbury or someone like that. We might have played the last home game um, in that, the, the year we, we went up. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be one of the one of the top two at uh, Ninian Park. What was, that? was the most hostile game you played in during your time at uh, Cardiff? Hostile? Well, it's got to be it's got to be the Swansea ones. I mean... You know, they used to sort of come up and then sort of rip up all the uh, seats in the stands and stuff like that. Uh, so I would have thought that they would be the most hostile. Bristol sometimes. But, you know, when, you, when you're when you on... Well, for me anyway, when, when I'm playing, I don't notice the crowd. If yeah. you have a sort of background noise, but I wouldn't really be able to tell you what they're saying and all that sort of stuff. So... Um, in fact, I'd rather play in a, in a hostile atmosphere than no atmosphere at all. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. How about ever, ever somewhere else then, Cohen? So where's the where's the best atmosphere? Obviously, apart from uh, teams that you've played for. So where's the where's the best atmosphere that you've played in, in an away away stadium? What apart from the 92-93? Well, just anywhere. Just yeah, just well, just well, anywhere. Well, so apart from apart from the near. When we won the league. Um, we went up to uh, Scunthorpe, uh, you know, and that was basically a home game anyway, because you know, so many fans went up there. Um, but if you're talking about just a, a normal, regular sort of game, um, I don't know. I would say maybe, maybe, maybe uh, the the European ones. You got your standard Liège, um, Admira Wacker. That, in fact, that wasn't that good a crap, good an atmosphere. But again, it was one of these ones where it's just so unusual. Yeah. I always remember when we went to we we, we went out to to Wacker and we went onto the pitch, and their fans were singing "Welcome Cardiff, Welcome," and we're thinking, 
<laughs> can't believe they're singing welcome Cardiff, welcome because I know if it had been our fans they'd wait for you to sort of acknowledge them we're thinking shall we acknowledge them or not because if it had been Cardiff fans you'd have gone to acknowledge they'd go ah and all that <laughs> so we didn't really know how to react to it but they were actually genuine in welcoming us to, to their ground um, but I, I would say probably standing the age was uh, a decent atmosphere excellent um, Andy's dad asks, uh, "Who was your, uh, the hardest or most skillful opponent?" Opponent. Oh, God. The hardest. Well, hardest as in dirtiest. The can you remember the the um, Blackpool used to have a, a centre half called Billy Billy Biggs or Briggs or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And. We played him, and I'm sure the ref was scared of him because I was actually off the pitch picking the ball up. It had been out the pitch for about ten seconds, and then he suddenly came through me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, <laughs> locked up. And the referee just looked at himself. Oh, come on, Billy, don't do that. So, so that's just absolutely ridiculous. But um, I don't know. Most skillful. I don't know. I was thinking about. The most skillful player that I have pl ever played with um, is a lad. Well, he used to be at Spurs, but um, I know him from Barry. Gareth Knott. Re unbelievably skillful. And he did, did this things that, you know, in matches as well, that I've, I've never seen anybody do. But, uh, yeah, cool. he would be the most like skillful it. that they played Love it. with. But um, I, don't, I don't know about against. Because mm. if I'm, up, I, you know, I would, if I'm up against a, a centre half, for example, I wouldn't expect them to be too skillful or anything like that. Well, I said this to Andy. I think this was this morning, Andy, or or, or it might have been last night when um, we was kind of discussing. He was asking me my memories of you, um, and I said one of the things which stands out to me. Obviously, I was, you know, I was only a. In the early days of my football watching career, I was only a child, a small child as well, um, because I'm younger than both of you two. Just to point out, um, <laughs> <laughs> only a little bit, by the he way. Threw that one in. Um, so he, he's, he's, he always says that. He says it every week. He says it every week. Just, just, just reminding you. But um, the thing which stood out for me was your skill and your technical ability and your flair, because. That wasn't something, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, like pace and flair and skill wasn't something which every midfielder or every attacker had because you had a lot of kind of target men. You had a lot of hard men in midfield. It was, you know, it's a vastly different game to what you have in 2021. Um, and that's why you always you always stood out for me was because of those traits. Um, how... Craig says, and I was going to ask this as well, um, what was life like under Eddie May's Barmy Army? Because Craig says how I feel. It, it feels very reminiscent of Neil Warnock's time in terms of how the fans were very much behind the team and it was a, a good atmosphere and obviously a successful time as well. Yeah. Um, Ed, Eddie uh, fostered a lot of sort of... Uh, sort of team spirit there was a lot of uh, sort of 
sort of bonding going on. I mean, when he first came to the club, he was as a youth team coach, I think it might have been. So, you know, uh, and do you, you know, you know, the, uh, the uh, Beverly and all that sort of stuff. So he used to go down there quite a bit with maybe a couple of the players and stuff like that. Um, so um, the, the team spirit side of it um, was quite big when, when Eddie was there. And mm-hmm. he was also one of those coaches who, if, if it was going well, didn't believe in trying to tinker with it and stuff like that. So if we were doing quite well, then, well, training was great. Just used to perhaps go in, uh, do a few set pieces, have a bit of uh, five-a-side and stuff like that, and that would be, that would be it. Um, it was just like, listen, things are going well. I'm leaving it as it is. Excellent. I love it. I love hearing these, uh, these stories. Um, Cohen, when it became or when it came to the time for you to leave Cardiff City, were you kind of ready to move on? Was it your choice? Was it the club's choice? Was it a manager's choice? And and how did how did you feel about it at the time? It was um, it was Rick Wright's uh, choice. Um, Eddie was the manager, and he well he left at the same time, and he went to Barry, and then signed me for Barry. Um, but I think from what Eddie said to me, I don't know how true it was, it was a case of like Rick Wright just didn't didn't want me to stay there anymore. Probably felt my wages weren't justified or whatever it might be. I thought I thought it was uh, a little bit early to tell the truth. But you know, uh, you know, 30, 32, um, I still pretty fit. Um, you know, free from injuries and all that sort of stuff. So I thought I had I tried and then I retired and then I came back to help a friend out and ended up really enjoying my football again which I think kept me going mentally for probably a few more years and then and then now I'm quite lucky that we have an over 40s league over 40s league here which is just so much fun and um and just I just absolutely love it because just I, I get everything everything I want from it because I, I get the football which is great because it's a little bit tapered down a lot, lot slower I'm one of the youngest which is even better but then you get the the social aspect changing room banter a few pints after a game so it's for me it's it's just win-win. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's definitely important to st- to play as long as you can. You know, I was playing uh, World Cup until thirty-nine, um, and then um, and then when I left, which was pretty much a bit because of injury and stuff like, that, I didn't play for perhaps a, a year, two years, stuff like that, and got back into it. And the veterans football, it yeah. wasn't at that time. Veterans football wasn't as organised as it was as it is now. You could just turn up and play and all that sort of stuff, and it was good, like you say, the banter and all that sort of stuff, and and you know it wasn't that same intensity. But now uh, they've, they've made it a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more organised, I suppose they would call it. Um, and for me, well, I can't play now anyway, but it it did take some of the shine off of it, and you know, having to have re- be registered and all that sort of stuff, and and then you you probably find as well that people. Um, would just want to kick you 
just yeah. I can't be bothered with all that. So, yeah. You know. Well, that, that, that happened to me. That happened to me when uh, when I was when I was dropping down towards the end of my well press, professional semi professional career. I, I didn't enjoy it. And then when I retired, and then when I came back, I, I came back as a. I just said to me, mate. I, he was a, he was a manager at a, a, a team. I think it was step seven or step eight. And I just said, um, mm-hmm. do you fancy a do you fancy a fullback? And I thought, do you know, what? I'll just play fullback. I'll stay out of trouble. I'll just get the ball and put the ball in the good areas and just enjoy just running about and having that. Just license to just do what I want. If I want to go forward, I can go forward. If I don't, I don't need to. And it's just it was just nice to um, nice to have that have that freedom. But I just uh, I just think uh, that's one thing I didn't enjoy is someone else making a name off themselves or for themselves off me, which and just trying to kick me, which yeah. wasn't for me. wasn't for me at all. Wasn't for me. Um, one question, obviously, I want, I want to talk about coin and one subject I want to talk about, and, and obviously, it's it's relevant about what happened at the weekend with with, with certain players that, were, that that I want to I want to talk about. But did you ever have to endure any racism during your football career from players um, or of of fans? Off of off of fans, off of players. Um, yeah, I mean. You're going back a good few years now. I'm not saying it was right, but it was perhaps more. It was more accepted, perhaps. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, used to used to happen all the time. Blakey used to get it much worse than me because Blakey would beat the man two, three, or four times. You know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if I beat the man once, I'm not coming back to beat him again. I'm I'm off. I'm yeah. leaving it. Um, but then, um, yeah, I think the it's it's, it's ironic. Uh, the worst. Racism, I think, was at um, Burnley, um, where, and I couldn't really understand it because they had so many black players themselves. <laughs> I'm getting so much abuse, um, but you know, it, it, it is what it is, I suppose. Was there, was there any was there any su- any su- was there any support mechanism in place, Cohen, at the time? You know what I mean? Because you say there that. Um, that, that that Burnley had black players as well at the time, and 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 so how did how did they feel hearing hearing that to to an opposing player? Because I, I, well, you'd have to ask the Burnley players. I just think you know. I mean, I've been I've been in 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 change rooms when people have been saying, "Oh, you got to kick that black, whatever it might be," and and I'm, and they're saying, "Oh, not." I'm saying, "Hang on," and they're saying, "Oh, you, it's not you. You're one of us." You know, I mean, and it was that type of um, culture then. You know, yeah. um, you know, I've had some managers who have been so incredibly racist. It's been it, it's it's a shame to even think about it. Mm. Um, and and they will say stuff, especially the older generation. Maybe again, where it was more more prevalent and more accepted, and they haven't sort of adjusted to it. But yeah, it's been. Incredible, incredible. Uh, what do you put um, that? What do you put that down to? Colin, do you put that down to being un, uneducated in terms of life education? You know what I mean? And just what, what do you put it down to? What to them being able to uh, say say to them just okay. to, to them saying it and saying that things is acceptable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think perhaps especially with the older generation, it was um, it was it was a case of that's how they were perhaps brought up. A lack of education, a lack of understanding. Um, that's probably what it is now as well. Yeah. You know, um, I, I used to try and turn it on its head and think, well, why are they doing this? And they're doing it nine times out of ten. They're doing it because they're trying to put you off, right? So why are they trying to put you off? Because they're scared of what you are capable of doing. And mm. I used to use that 
as my spur to carry on playing. I didn't let it get me upset or anything like that. I just thought, right, okay, well, I'm going to try and give them something to be scared of. Mm. Which is a fantastic way to look at this side, by the way. You know what I mean? Because is, you're yeah. using it, you're using the negative um, as a real positive to try and to try and show people. You know what I mean? That that the real you. You know because. Listen, we, we spoke about on the show. Um, you know, we've probably given um, we've probably given it too much airtime, to be honest, because you know what I mean. Because do we don't it, like, I think. You no, know, we do, but we do, I, I don't like to give those idiots. Um, yeah, they is kind uh, of caught in the middle, aren't you? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you want to make a point of it to say this out of order, but then you you know what I mean. People enjoy um, enjoy talking about it because they've done it because they want to be famous for five for five ten minutes, and I and I, and I hate that. Mm. You know what I mean? I, I loved. Um, Ivan Tony's interview. I don't know if you've seen it at the weekend. Um, he did it on uh, Sky Sports Soccer Saturday. Um, that he got, he's got his Burnley team to refuse to take the knee because he just feels as though he's, it's a ticky box exercise. And um, I was a big fan of Ivan anyway. Uh, just you know what I mean before he before he did this, and I, I like him more now as a man. Um, I think I, the education that he's got, the way he talks, um, how passionate he is about. Um, himself, his family, his football, his ability—just, just everything went hand in hand for me. And I just thought it was, it was just an excellent way of doing it. And and um, and you know, what? I think a, f- a few more clubs need to follow suit and support him um, and other people, and just and just and just stand together because it wasn't never for me a ticky box exercise. It was something which was, which was important, and I think we've been lost in in translation some, some somewhere, and I don't know where. I don't know. I don't know how it's how it's all turned around in full circle, and it's still happening. Um, and probably more now than it was nine months ago. You know, what I mean, I just don't understand it, and I, and I, I just wish somehow that we could uh, we could find a, a solution for it to stop. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. Frustrating. Um, Reese David Evans asked while you were talking about uh, that. He said, "Did you ever suffer any racial abuse from teammates? Uh, you don't have to name names." Uh, well, I I haven't. No, um, I know that you know other black. Uh, players have not at Cardiff but we know we have have talked about it uh, before Um, so it it does go on um, but I haven't suffered it myself okay yeah, it's, I, like but I think that's even, but I think that's even worse side for me because uh, you know what I mean yeah. you spend so much time with your peers your teammates your friends um, and if that's happening in in house for me it's it's scary because there's no way, there's no there's no hiding place that that ninety minute game for example is never ending because you could be stuck in the middle of a two year contract three year contract and mm. you know I mean those people are still there and you and you go home and you you potentially worried about going back to training tomorrow or got a game tomorrow and that person who's 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 saying horrible things and racially abusing you is expecting you to get him out the the dirt so to speak on Saturday when he's struggling and he's having a bad time and how people dare to think that that's going to be possible is 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 beyond me. I don't like that. Dri- that drives me mad. That that drives me mad. That to think that's yes. think that happens. Um, so I've picked three questions from the live chat to finish us off, um, and I will allow Cohen to select which order they come. So Cohen, uh, pick a number between one and three. Okay, I'll go two, please. Uh, and GD Parry, Parry, sorry, says, uh, "Have you any good stories about Robbie James?" About Robbie James, <clears throat> uh, listen, I haven't got any any good stories particularly about Robbie James. Um, all I will say is that when people have said to say, say who's the best player that you've played with, 
then Robbie is normally the one that I think of because obviously he's not with us anymore um, but I sort of came in con into contact with him sort of towards the end of his career and mm. you know he didn't have a great deal of pace yet nobody ever skinned him um, he could go by, by people with despite having that uh, you know really not too much tricks or whatever it might be um, yeah, he was just absolute real, real quality player, um, and it would have been really good to, to have, you know, come across him earlier and see really how good he was. Yeah, in his peak, because um, yeah. yeah, he was a special talent. Um, my dad used to tell me stories, just like he used to say he was the best Welsh player of all time. He was just, yeah, he just used to love him. Uh, he was a big, big fan. So being his eldest son I by by just definition just automatically became a fan even though I didn't really see a lot of him uh, playing um, Kay Childs asks uh, who's the m most famous shirt you ever swapped with a player if you did it at all we, we weren't allowed to swap shirts yeah we were we no. we was Harry Parsons there when you were there Andy no, no, we had um, no, we had uh, the kit man was Ian Lannan, and, and, and to be fair, I was best mates with Ian, and Ian um, Ian lived with me for a bit, and still wouldn't give me any spare shirts to swap. So I, I was, I didn't get no special treatment. So Ian was, listen, it, 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 even when I was at Middlesbrough, there was, there was, there was, uh, there was times that I, I, I remember played against uh, David Ginola the first time, and I was a huge fan. You know, what I mean, I seen him playing for Newcastle, ripping things up. So when I when I played against him, I. I, I said to me, I said to me, mum and dad, because I was still living at mum and dad's at the time, and I said, I'm going to swap shirts with David, definitely, you know what I mean? And Brian Robson put a stop on that. No one's allowed to swap shirts. So I'm thinking, the shirts I could have swapped would have been, would have been unbelievable, but it just, but it was more of a respect thing, you know what I mean? That he didn't do it, Brian didn't do it, so you're not doing it, you know what I mean? Because don't show any weakness, you know, show weakness on the pitch, you show weakness off the pitch, it's not happening. So yeah. it's not, it's not a regret. I would have liked to uh, have had a little, uh, little stash because I, I would have never get, got rid of him. It would have always been something to look back on and, um, and have a little look. But I, I, I do get why people say not to do it. And, uh, and I'm quite proud of it really now because I've kept some really important shirts to me now because of that. So it swings and roundabouts. Yeah. No, I, I wish. I wish. I, no, we weren't really allowed to, to swap shirts. And I think, I don't know whether it was a respect thing or whether just Harry didn't want to have to replace it or whatever. Just it was. tight. Just a tight club. <laughs> <laughs> it was. He'd be saying, "Do you not gonna swap the shirts with him?" No, no. In fact, it's sometimes you have to really bargain with him at half time because if you had like, like long sleeve and shirt sleeve, and you and he's saying, "No, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get another shirt out because I don't want to wash too too lots." <laughs> yeah. It's freezing. I, rem I remember. Yeah. So I, I remember. Uh, I remember Ian Landon. I remember. Uh, so we were. Uh, I, I'm sure it was Chris Barker as well. So Chrissy. Uh, Chrissy cut his. White foot, uh, white normal socks underneath football socks and cut the football. I don't. I didn't get it. I never did it. But the kit man used to pick the kit up at the end of the game and Ian would pick it up and go. It was cut the sock and oh, it'd be, there'd be hell on after the game. You know what I mean? It just it just caused problems. And then five or six people just followed suit and kept doing it every game. New pair of socks, cut it in half. And I bet you, Next no one, one knew why. No, well, no one knew where it came from or why they were doing it. It was just because everyone I, else was doing it. I didn't get it because they wore a white sock. And then tape the tape the blue sock onto the white. I didn't. I didn't understand it. I, it just didn't make sense to me. It still doesn't to this day. I don't get it. I don't get it. And um, last question from the chat from the main man, 
Leslie Coates. He says, uh, did Andy ever play at the Vetchfield or was that before your time? I remember seeing a game in the FA Cup. Well, Middlesbrough battered Swansea there, 5-0. Um, I remember my dad showed... Um... My dad showed me a video, and uh, Terry, um, was it, I think Terry Cochran scored a worldie. Terry was an amazing player, amazing footballer. I never, I, I never played there. I, I went there as a, as a fan a couple of times. One of my good friends was playing. Paul Connor played for Swansea. Um, probably before I went to, before I went to Cardiff, and then he was, and then I went to watch a few games when I, when I was at Cardiff City. You know, I mean, just to, just to watch. But no, I never, never got to play there. Never, I've never played away at Swansea ever in my life. Don't think you missed much, mate. <laughs> there goes our there goes our Swansea players coming on here. Ah, they love me, mate. They love me. I um, I'm only playing anyway. Come on now. They uh, they they'd love to come on. I I, I had uh, well, we had I had Brett Johns on a few. He's Brett Johns has come on like four or five times. And he come on the channel. Yeah, Brett. Show. Yeah, but Brett's fun he's though. A, Brett's, he's Brett's hardcore fun. Swansea Brett, fan. Brett's, yeah, Brett's Brett's fun though. Brett's fun and he, doesn't care. He gets it. No, he gets it. And he ripped my head off as well. So yeah. There's but there we go. He's a UFC fighter. That's his job. Um, okay, uh, Cohen. There was one last thing I just wanted to finish on um, from my point of view, and it was actually something you mentioned before the show, um, and that was that. Obviously, we mentioned earlier that you were met, you were born in Georgetown, but um, actually, you are uh, you're a, I suppose official nationality. I guess you would say it's Welsh, isn't it? Tell us the story about that. Yeah, um, I was born in Georgetown with a British passport, but um, I took Welsh citizenship um, when to, I took Welsh citizenship, so I was going to play for Cardiff in Europe, because in those days you were only allowed a certain amount of um, foreign players, and a foreign player has been anybody who's not Welsh. So by being able to take Welsh citizenship, then... I'm not counted as a foreign player, so it meant that I was given, I was able to play, because otherwise he probably wouldn't have picked me, you know. So uh, it was probably a case of looking after myself, you tell the truth. And that's important, though. It's uh, it's it's it, is, yeah. it, 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 it was an important strategy at the time to uh, here for Cohen to uh, to get that sorted so that he wouldn't become a foreign player and be that. Like I said, you know, I mean, he wouldn't have probably got the game time and the opportunity to play in Europe, which is. Once in a lifetime chance, isn't it, to do that? So you know what I mean. It's a, it's a good choice. Yeah, it's it's one of them, isn't it? I I hated that rule. Um, I thought it was ridiculous. Um, because you had like, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, like just for instance, I remember my dad would be watching like Man United on the TV, and Giggs wouldn't be able to play because mm. he was Welsh, which counted as a foreign yeah. for them. But he'd come through their youth system. From the age of eleven or whatever it was, do you know what I mean? It's um, and he was born in England. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's why it didn't make bizarre. sense. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's what going back when 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 Man United won the cup in this cup and you were only allowed what four or five foreign players and you know what I mean Giggs, Giggs wouldn't be in the sixteen or the eighteen or whatever it was or fourteen, but you'd have Andrea Kincelski playing on the right wing. It just it just wouldn't make sense, did it? It just the whole thing was mad. Yeah, madness. Bizarre, mate. Absolutely bizarre. Okay. Um, guys and girls, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been amazing, and I nearly forgot again. Nearly forgot again. Uh, do you know uh, what? Gaz, I, would, I, I didn't even remind Gaz you. Gaz sent Sorry. a super chat all the way back at the start of the show. I can't find you it did. now. It's bright orange. He sent a super chat um, of a 
uh, whatever you send a super chat, which I greatly appreciate. Or you know, that's massive for us as an independent channel, and I appreciate the support massively. He asked, "What's the story between me, my missus, and Willie Boland?" So the reason uh, I know it's not—it's nothing massively exciting for you guys. Uh, the reason I know Willie Boland <laughs> is because uh, him and Andy and Cav and a few other people used to drink in the same pub that I did in, on, on the outskirts of Rada. My now wife worked in the said pub. Myself and my wife, we kind of were circling around each other, as you do. And um, Willie noticed we had all been drinking all day. We'd been watching uh, Wales versus Scotland in the rugby um so we'd had we were a few few beers worse for wear and uh willie boland and his partner at the time sat us down at a table together uh me and my wife and literally talked to us for about it must have been like a couple of hours about getting our heads together and just going for it and stop kind of you know stop messing about get together and um I think something like 20 years later, now, well, not quite 20 years, it's about eight, 17, 18 years later, uh, three children, a marriage, a dog, house and a car. Here we are. And that's how I know Willie Boland. He got me and my wife together. Oh, thanks to Willie. Good Indeed. old Will. Good thanks, old Will. Willie. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no, no, I, I am absolutely joking. I, uh, I love my wife with all my heart. Um, but, um, that's only because you just put something in the group chat there, so that, that's out of order. Yeah, well, no, no, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. There you go. There you go, Becky. It is what it is. It is, what it is. Look, Andy, just a little fun way to finish the show, and I had to because it was a super chat. So I you have, super you have, to, you have, to, have to anyway because you're supposed to do it yeah, three weeks ago. You supposed, didn't to, supposed to do it long. It was probably longer than three weeks, wasn't it? But. Um, as ever, thank you to the, for the to the guys for the super chat. That means so much for someone. Uh, it, you know, everything which we do is self funded, so I, am, I appreciate that massively, um, nearly as much as I appreciate people like the legendary Cohen Griffith joining us. Thank you so much, Cohen, for your time and uh, your stories, mate. It's been an absolute honour, and to be honest, for me, it's just been a dream come true. Thank you very much for your time, mate. Okay, cheers, Simon. Cheers, Simon. Uh, Andy. Yeah, Cohen. Thank you. Thank you. It's been uh, it's fantastic. Listen, it's it's, it's an opportunity. And I, I said at the start about having 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 somebody of the of the history of Cardiff City, and we and we, we we need to remember this as as football fans because we're all fans. You know what I mean? And I it was, I was a big Cardiff City fan, and I'm a huge Middlesbrough fan. You know what I mean? Back in the day, Essen Park. So. You know what I mean? Obviously, you played that day. What brought my brought my little heart back at Essen Park? But I, 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 I've got I've got a strong strong skin. I'll forgive you. Don't worry. <laughs> well, you'll probably be happy to know that I never actually contributed much in that game. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Neither did any, neither did any of the middle players, by the way. So it's all right. So you did as much as I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, massive thank you to Black Diamond Sports, of course. Bespoke Financial. Please check them out. See if they've got anything which can help you. Tell them we sent you. Uh, of course, we've got the MMA unboxing show Wednesday. Friday is the championship show live, 7 o'clock. I've also got a, an interview with actor Chris Johnson coming out on Thursday, which was so, so interesting. His, uh, his uncle and his stepdad played for the mighty Middlesbrough, among other teams. Really interesting chat with him. Uh, so check that out. And, of course, we'll be back next Monday with an all-new guest for the Andy Campbell football show. Uh, in the meantime, Matthew Angel has asked us all to do the Ayatollah. Like it. 
There we go. For all those people who like to screenshot it. There you go. Been a while. It's a regular occurrence. Indeed. Uh, guys, it's been a pleasure. There's no other way I'd like to spend my Monday nights. But I uh, appreciate you all. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. See you Friday. See you Wednesday. Cheers, guys. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Podcast Network.